Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. A gentleman named Burns. I'll get it for me. Their computer screen went away. Uh, Captain Kevin Burns, NOPD homicide commander, been on a job 20 years, says that this interstate shooting was senseless, barbaric. He said he's never seen anything like that in his 20-plus years on the job. And Raphael Goyeneche joins us now. Talk about it, President of the Metropolitan Crime Commission. Good morning, Raphael. How are you? I'm fine, Tommy. Good morning. How are you doing? All right. I'm so, We're going to talk to the, um, the widow of, of the gentleman that was killed, the Uber driver, tomorrow. Um, and just here, we like to put the victims on to hear how the violence has affected their lives and that of their families. This is just nothing but an organized hit, it would seem like, Raphael, from all of the uh, indications. Yes, it is. And, uh, you know, that, that's certainly the appearance. And it's also, I think, uh, an indication of maybe how the criminal justice system has failed to render justice. Because the guy that was just arrested in connection with this was wearing an ankle monitor, yep. which which indicates that he had been arrested for other crimes of violence. And after he was arrested, I took a look, and last year he was arrested for uh, home invasion and domestic violence and remained in custody. And then somebody, an organization, post, posted a $1,000 bond to get him out. And a month later, the district attorney's office uh, dismissed those charges because that was, uh, I guess, his domestic partner that had him arrested. Once he was released, he has access to her again. And those types of cases, if the uh, arrested subject can get in touch and deal with the, uh, the victim, they often result in dismissals, and that's exactly what happened. And that's not and necessarily then, a friendly um, agreement exactly. between the two. Exactly. So what ended up happening is he got arrested again, this time for an armed robbery, a felon with a firearm. A felon with a firearm indicates that he has priors for that, and yes, he does. And this time 
uh, he posts a $250,000 commercial surety bond. And the company that wrote the bond on him said, listen, because of these charges in your history, we're worried that you may not show up for court. We may face a forfeiture. So they only agreed to write the bond for him if he put a monitor on it. So to be clear, let me interrupt for one second. This was not the DA's office. This was not the sheriff's office that put an ankle monitor on him. Or the judge. Or the judge. judge. This was the bail bonding company because they were concerned with their, I hate to say investment, but that's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. So it was learned by the police in some shape, manner, or form that one of the potential suspects uh, may have had a monitor on. So the monitor and company will share the geolocation of everyone wearing a monitor with the police department. The police department was able to uh, put him at the scene of the crime when the crime was committed. And they continued their investigation to the point that they were able to obtain an arrest warrant. And yesterday morning at about uh, quarter to six in the morning, the U.S. Marshal Service effectuated his arrest on the murder and, uh, you know, the two murder charges and the attempt murder charge there. Um, he's 33 years old, not a juvenile. Long rap sheet, the story says here that I'm reading. Is there any way, Raphael, the public can access the, the criminal records of people? Well, I mean, they can look at the the uh, the court. How would they document. do it? Let me ask. Let me ask you that. If I wanted to look this guy's name up and see, well, let's see how long his rap sheet is. Could I do that? Yeah, if uh, they want to call us in the, in the office, we can uh, provide them with the uh, with a site that they can go to. Okay. To t- take a look at it, but um, you know, it's it's probably more work than most people want to do. Mm-hmm. And that, but we'll be glad to uh, walk anyone that's interested. They can give us a call at 504-524-3148. Ask for Molly Miller, and she'll walk them through the process. This this guy shouldn't have been out of jail by in, in any way, shape, or form. I mean, is that accurate to say? I understand well, we I have mean, so, a— So he posted, he posted bail. So almost everybody that's arrested, with, with rare exception, is eligible for bail. The thing that's really noteworthy about this— when he was arrested for domestic violence and home invasion, his bond was only set at $1,000, and he didn't post it. Some person put up $1,000 cash, a nonprofit that you... was created to help people that are incarcerated get out of jail. Wait, do you they know the name of the nonprofit? Do you know uh, the name? Uh, I I don't know the name of okay. it. I can't. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got that information in the office. So home invasion. I mean, this is a, a violent crime. Thousand and, and yeah. bond set at a thousand dollars, which is really nothing. But yeah. yet, a third party steps up to get him out of jail. Posted the cash. They get their money back when the case is dismissed, and they got the, their money back on that. So that means that that thousand dollars can be posted for someone else's bail to get somebody else out of jail. And that's what this nonprofit does. They post bail for people that have been arrested. And that's a that's a violent crime. And then of course shortly after that he reoffends with an armed robbery and the bond was two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. 
and he posted a commercial surety bond, which meant that he had to come up with 12.5% to secure his release. Of 250000 Yes. Hmm. Yes. Whatever business he's in, it must be pretty good for him to come up with that kind of cash, I would presume. Well, uh, obviously, uh, somebody, you know, was a sugar daddy and, and provided him with that money. And, and that put into uh, a chain of events into motion that allowed him to be out on the streets. The person that he was allegedly targeting that was in the Uber vehicle, not only did he kill him, he killed the Uber driver. And during the course of the, uh, the barrage of bullets that were being fired at that car, uh, another car that was passing by, the driver of that was struck in the head with a bullet, and two passengers in that vehicle were severely injured, not from bullets, but from the crashing of the vehicle, and they were taken to the hospital. So essentially, this is a mass shooting that occurred on the interstate. You've got four innocent victims that weren't the target of this uh, retaliatory or, or, or hit, this assassination. But that just shows you, and we see that play out case after case, day after day, and that's what makes it so difficult for the police department to address this type of violence because this violence isn't connected to uh, an armed robbery or some other crime. It is people that are hunting down and targeting a specific victim, and they will open fire at any opportunity that they get, and they really don't care about the collateral damage and innocent victims that may be caught in the melee. So I'm going to talk to Melissa Stillman tomorrow the widow of the gentleman that was in the Uber that got killed. And I'm going to let her tell her story, and I'm going to listen to her because I think everybody needs to know about the ripple effects that these crimes have. Um, but at what point does she get to, to look somebody in the eye, uh, a judge, a magistrate, uh, and say, why was this guy out? Why, why, why was he available to, to unleash this kind of mayhem on on not just my husband, but on other people as well. Who's responsible for this? She's never going to get well, that chance, is she? No. No, and I, and I, the thing I would say is I think it's egregious that somebody posted bail in a crime of violence, uh, an, an organization that goes out and raises money from donors, and posts bail to offend, uh, for offenders for offenses like domestic violence and home invasion. I think that that bail was entirely too low, particularly in light of his prior criminal history. And I don't blame the district attorney's office for uh, not processing that case if the victim lost her uh, desire to go forward, because once he's out of jail, he goes back to the victim. And uh, that's that's an, if the arrested subject for a domestic violence can get back in touch with a victim, that's not an uncommon result. And can get out of jail. I mean, look, I don't know what happened in this case, but if it 
if it was one person um, act, act, actuating violence on another, and then that person's out uh, on bond within hours, however long it took, and then they're back to see the person, well, I guess if I'm the person, I, I'm hesitant to testify against them because I'm wondering what's going to happen from here, right? Exactly. Exactly. So the fact that his bail was set at $250,000 on the armed robbery charge and the other charges that he posted bail on, that's a significant bail. Somebody came up with a lot of money. Well, thirty-one. matter of fact, I did the math on it. It's $31,000. Right. Where'd that come right. from? I, well, remains to be seen. Is that a matter you of know? public record, Raphael, or not? Who posts bond? No. It's no. Not. No. No, it's not. So that that's a contract between the arrested subject and the bail bonding company. And many of those uh, arrangements are on the installment plan. Mm -hmm. So they don't necessarily have to come up with the entire amount right away. They can, they can put them on the installment plan for a period of time. Now that kind of money, uh, I would think that there would be a large initial installment, a down payment, but I, again, I'm just uh, giving you my uh, uneducated un, uh, opinion about that. I, I don't know what the conditions were, what the arrangements were between the bonding company and the and and uh, Mr. Quinn. Let me take a break, Raphael, if we can, please. We'll pick it up here. We come back. I want to talk to you about something J.P. Morrell shared with me yesterday about applications for NOPD. I don't know if we've made any uh, progress on national search. I talked to Joe Geruso earlier today. He told me, I think it's with the company that was the contract, as he understands it from what his staffer learned from a city hall staffer, was that the contract is now with the company that was going to conduct the search. But this kind of thing keeps happening, not just a function of NOPD, to be clear, or the DA's office, to be clear, however, it keeps happening, and I don't know that we're any closer to fixing the situation than we were, at least as far as a national search for a police chief goes, than when Sean Ferguson announced his retirement last year. I, I don't think we are. We'll see, and at least not substantively. Uh, 921, Tommy Tucker talking to Rafael Goyaneche. You got any questions or comments? The Oakland Heart Jeweler Talk and Text Line is open at 504-260-1870. Back in a flash, WWL. 925, Tommy Tucker, WWL, talking to Raphael Goyeneche, president of the Metropolitan Crime Commission. Raphael, correct me if I'm wrong here when it comes to bail. So I go, I get arrested, and the bail's set at 250000 The bond is set at 250000 I want to post bail. Um, what, what happens then? The bonding company puts up the entire amount, and then I pay 10% of that, and that's non-refundable? How does all of that work? Right, right. So basically... Uh Bonding companies, bail bondsmen, uh, are insurance companies. They're regulated by the state of Louisiana. They have to be licensed. They have to put so, up the entire amount? They have to guarantee the entire amount. Okay. So, And the purpose of that bail is to ensure that the offender appears in court. So if that bonding company uh, wants to uh, not have to pay now, for a premium of, you pointed out, $31,000, they're taking on a $250,000 risk. And that's non-refundable from the, from the um, whether they show the up or exactly. not. They pay that yeah. fee to get out of jail. So if you get arrested and your bail set and at $1,000. The next day, you lose that money. Yeah, that's you, it. You, you pay that to jail. get out of jail. 
Yeah, okay. exactly. All right. Yeah. I had a question about that. I just wanted to clear that up. Um, right. So let's talk about ankle monitoring because this company is smart enough to protect their investment, their financial investment. You would think if they are smart enough to do that and are capable of it and have the budget to do it, well, you would think that somehow law enforcement would be capable of it and have the budget not to protect their investment, but to protect the city, to protect innocent people. I agree. And I've been advocating for that for years. We actually had a program set up under uh, Sheriff Gusman's tenure where his the sheriff's department was uh, monitoring and coordinating people wearing monitors and sharing that information with the police department and anyone that was wearing a monitor that was at the scene of a crime. Uh, that information was passed off to the police department. So the people that are most likely to commit a crime, Tommy, are people that have recently been arrested and or convicted of a crime. So right now, uh, the company that uh, provides the, the monitors in New Orleans has about 200 arrested subjects on monitoring. So those are 200 people that the New Orleans Police Department uh, can use a database to determine if any of those people are at the scene of a crime when a crime is committed. That company has trained the police department how to access their data and use it. That's what was the, uh, uh, I guess, the uh, the lead that the police department needed. But this is the to, largesse of the bail bonding company or of the monitoring not, company? Not the monitoring company. They, so it's they're doing this than, different than the bail bonds, but they're doing this to help the police. They're not being compensated for this. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So this is a tool. So what we're saying, really Raphael, needs to be expanded. Yeah. You know, anybody that's arrested for a felony, particularly a crime of violence, and this is not just adults but juveniles as well, need to be placed on monitors. That information needs to be shared with the police department. So that if any of those people wearing monitors commits a crime, the police department has a lead that allows them to zero in to see if they can develop sufficient evidence to effectuate an arrest. So while what's standing, what's protecting you from a violent felon in terms of monitoring is basically, although conducted by professionals, a volunteer effort. Is that accurate? Exactly. Exactly. So this really needs to be. You know, several years ago, we had it to the point where the monitoring company, which is in Atlanta, was downloading their uh, data every night to the police department, and the police department could check the location of everyone with a monitor with their geolocation crime mapping in the city and see if anyone wearing a monitor was at the scene of a crime. Right now, you have... Uh, the police department, every district, and some of their specialized units doing these individual checks. But it really needs to be automated, a centralized thing, and it needs to be that information, I believe, should be in the police department's IT department, and that can be sent out to the entire agency if they get a hit. So rather than have it uh, a bunch of different little uh, – every district has people that are doing that. It needs to be 
I think, centralized and unified and become automated to make it uh, a more um, a more a powerful tool for the police department. And I also think, and I've been advocating that the district attorney's office uh, advocate at bail hearings that if anyone does post bail for certain offenses, one of the conditions of release include uh, electronic monitoring. So if we can get that, that is a tool that I think can help law enforcement and will also deter some of the offenders from reoffending when they realize that that technology can't be fooled and uh, they can be held accountable if they commit a crime. But we've not mentioned anything about house arrest yet. We're just talking about knowing where the people are, correct? Well, right. So sometimes, and, and you know, previously, a judge would allow someone to leave their house to go to work or go to school or go to counseling and whatnot. So they're allowed to leave their house. And what we found when the program was being monitored by Sheriff Gusman's office, sometimes some of those people, when they were supposed to be going to work, going to school, going to counseling, uh, they went out and committed a crime. And they were able to be arrested and held accountable for that. So not everybody that's released is on house arrest for 24 hours a day. They may have a curfew where they need to be in their house from 6 uh, 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. But during the day, particularly if they're supposedly gainfully employed and, 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 uh, and or getting some type of, of treatment or looking for a job, they can go out and support their families. What they don't want them doing is committing a crime. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing right now is releasing people on the honor system, and that doesn't always work out real well for the general public. So this is all after the fact we're talking about with monitoring. Nothing, I don't know, Raphael, I guess what I'm asking in terms of best practices, is there a way, does the technology exist, I presume it would, where um, the, the, you could either live live monitor the, the ankle bracelet to make sure whomever it is is where they're supposed to be? But that Oh, would absolutely, t- yeah. absolutely. So, you know, so the monitoring company, if a judge imposes – Stay, stay away zone. So in a domestic violence case, mm-hmm. uh, they're arrested, they're put on a monitor. The judge can say, you need to stay away from the address of your estranged partner. And if that monitor goes within certain proximity of that location, it will send off a notification that will allow the bail bondsman to go out and effectuate an arrest and bring somebody in and surrender. They can notify the judge about this. This has applications for juvenile offenders as well. I've spoken to uh, law enforcement that have been dealing with the family of some of the juvenile offenders, and the family, in many respects, can't control some of the violent juvenile delinquents that uh, are on these monitors, and these monitors are a godsend for the family to help control their, their their child that's been arrested for what would be a felony offense if, if they had been an adult. So this is, this is a tool that has been used in other cities very effectively to reduce recidivism and to hold people accountable. And we've had it here for a period of time. It went away, 
And we just saw with this arrest involving Tyree Quinn, it's 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 value in being able to track and and monitor violent and repeat offenders. This needs to be the general rule, not the exception going forward. Let's talk about um, applications for NOPD dropping off, which I would have to believe has something to do with the interim status of the chief and national search. Uh, I, somebody texted in that the mayor said that the, the contract was going to be on her desk yesterday to sign. I didn't see her say that. Councilman Jeruso told me that uh, his staffer to, uh, spoke to a staffer at City Hall that the organization that was going to conduct the search was uh, hanging on to the contract for the time being or had it. It was in their lap. Do you know if we've gotten any closer to having a national search for a permanent superintendent and Raphael while you're at it talk about the connection between that and I guess attracting new officers well right so the mayor announced in mid-January that she had reached an agreement with the International Association of Chiefs of Police to conduct a national search for the next superintendent and as of yesterday, that contract had not been signed. Now, yesterday at the mayor's press conference, uh, she said that she had signed it and sent it off to them, but there wasn't uh, any mention of whether the IACP had signed the contract. Well, that would agree with what yeah. Joe Geruso told me then, I guess, right? You're right. Okay. So, But at the mayor's press conference, when she said that she had signed the contract, uh, I don't know if that contract was modified by the city attorney's office, and if it was, whether those modifications will be amenable to the IACP, because that was some of the delays involved in that. But also at that press conference, the mayor said, but I believe we have the right chief right now. Mm -hmm. We have the right person in place right now. So if the IACP is out there trying to recruit people to apply for the position of superintendent of the New Orleans Police Department, and the potential applicant finds out that the mayor has made statements like that, it's going to make it exceedingly difficult difficult to get someone that's willing to apply for that position when it appears that the mayor has already made up her mind as to who the next superintendent is going to be. And then tying that into applications? Well, you know, I, I don't know if those two are directly connected, but I think that the the whole hiring process is something that uh, was supposed to be revamped and upgraded from what it was. Part of the problem has been historically not getting the applicants to apply. The problem is translating or trans the people that have applied into getting them into the academy. That process is very convoluted and cumbersome and time-consuming, and people that apply for positions in New Orleans often uh, lose interest because of the uh, bureaucracy of winding its way through the background checks and uh, testing and things like that. So unless and until we streamline that process, uh, we need to we know that we need to hire at least 120 plus officers this year just to break even. 
We're already at an historical low of staffing going back over 70 years. And if we don't at least break even this year, and the only way to do that is to make sure that the hiring process uh, impediments have been removed and, and we're starting to uh, uh, be able to more efficiently and effectively process applicants and translate them into cadets in the academy. If that doesn't happen, the police department is continue to lose manpower, and our crime rate is uh, overwhelming the police department as it is right now. Any final thoughts, Raphael? Well, I mean, I, again, I don't, I don't want to depress you or, or well, the audience the truth. I mean, much, look, it's the truth. But, it's I not... mean, you know, you know, we're not just talking about the police department. Every component of sure. the criminal justice system needs to step up from police to the district attorney to the sheriff's office to the judiciary. And no one is. So, you know, uh, some of them are, but. It seems like every time we make one step forward in one agency, we see a couple of steps backwards in some of the other things. And all of that, I think, undermines the public confidence in the criminal justice system and creates a sense of despair. Uh, I know that, you know, what happened in Mardi Gras Day in magistrate court with the district attorney's office refusing charges against 15 gun cases uh, was something that uh, the public uh, responded to very negatively, very appropriately. I'm a former prosecutor with the organization that disclosed that, and I've never seen that happen before. The district attorney immediately said that that wasn't policy, that he didn't know that that was being done. And my question is if uh, that prosecutor, who is the chief of his civil rights division, didn't tell her boss about it, and that was a violation of policy, and why is she still employed? I don't understand that. I know that if uh, during my tenure working for Harry Connick, if I did that or anybody else did that, they would have lost their job immediately on the spot once that came out. Thank you, Raphael. So, Appreciate your time. We'll talk to you again soon. Anytime. All right, Anthony. Raphael Glenetche, president of the Metropolitan Crime Commission. Again, nobody's trying to depress you, but, you know, uh, what is it? We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.